Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all of the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when you use code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all the daily fantasy action, where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players, so what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. everyone welcome to the bolts broadcast my name is mike mitchelson chase crawshaw with me today chase how you doing it's a lovely sunday afternoon yeah i'm chilling right now uh you know doing not too bad it's kind of cold for april if I'm, I'm gonna be honest you know we're here five days left in the month and i looked and it was like 39 degrees at noon it's like, that's, that's a, little, it's a little excessive honestly yeah, that is a little chilly. However, the sun is out and that kind of just hurts my insides because I am my, my heart. That is, I should say, um, <laughs> I am stuck inside all day today because I've only got two more days of classes and got a lot of finals to work on. So uh, this episode might be a little shorter. And if that's the case, you can blame me because uh, I am kind of swamped right now. Chase, you have the pleasure of not having that as you graduated last year, but uh, I'm sure once you got towards the the final couple of days of your semester, you were getting killed too. See, yes and no. I got kind of lucky because, you know, I graduated last year and COVID happened in middle of March. And at that point, there was only five weeks left in my semester. And my professors just were like, we're we're not moving like to online. We'll, We'll give a couple assignments and that's about it. So I only had two finals out of my five classes. One of them, I'm not joking, was a five-question final. So I really only had one final that I really had to truly study for and worry about. Um, So it it wasn't even too bad. I got really lucky. Yeah, I I wish I had that because this year, this semester for me, so my capstone class, we had a final um, paper due for our school's, um, like, athletics page. So, uh, had that due on Wednesday and then we have a final story for the local radio station due on Monday. So we've got two finals in our capstone class. And then in my other sports class, it's a final opinion piece. Uh, in my history class, I had to finish five blog posts and have a 
final short answer test, which we all know how great short answer tests are. Then we look at management and I have to do a three page research paper as well as a 20 question case study. And then finally, um, my IAH class, I have to do a like two minute commercial on a show that we watch this year. So, um, it, it's, it's not as fun as what you had, but I'm, I'm hopefully getting it done. I've got only one left that is due tonight, but I've got three due tomorrow and I'm going to be working on those today as well. So it's just a mess. Yeah. I mean, that, that doesn't sound too fun. I do want to like clarify. I, I did have a paper for my capstone class too. Um, but we found about it, found out about it literally the first day of class. And there was certain things that were due throughout the semester to make sure we were working on it the whole time. So it wasn't like anything you could just last minute prepare. So something you kind of had to do all semester long. So I didn't feel like too bombarded by it or anything. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Well, Chase, for today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning and their brand new Stanley Cup champion rings. They are so pretty. Uh, we're going to be looking at the Columbus Blue Jackets game that took place this past Thursday. Going to be talking about the upcoming game against Chicago. And then after the commercial break, we're going to be looking at the U18 Men's World Junior Championship. But first, Chase... I know we're a Tampa show. We really shouldn't be talking about it, but I think it's a must. Last night, the Dallas Stars and the Detroit Red Wings played, and, well, there was a little bit of ice tilt. If you're a fan of EA Sports NHL, uh, they tweeted out on Twitter, ice tilt at its finest, and I think Dallas had, like, 41 shots to Detroit's, like, 11, and Detroit had a goal. Dallas did not. Yeah, I'm... I remember the like the craziest stat I saw was it was thirty six shots, three shots with Detroit winning one nothing, having three shots. That that was the like wildest stat line I saw to me, only having three shots in the goal into the second period. Um, yeah, that, that that was a that was quite the game. It's not something you see too often. Uh, Bernier was in that for them. He he stood inside, played really well. Ultimately, the Red Wings still lost the game in overtime anyway. I don't know how your goalie can have that kind of game and you go out there and you you can't just do anything for him. You you get one goal and I mean it was a snipe I don't know if you saw or not Cholowski could not have put it any more top right corner uh but then Jamie Ben you know he finished it off over time and then I think it was Mark Pissick got a garbage goal there too and in regulation uh it's kind of pathetic that that the wings couldn't help out their goalie a little more yeah absolutely and when you look at when you're looking at shots on goal uh overall it was 52 to 17 in favor of Dallas uh when you look at by period First period, 21 to 3. Second period, 20 to 3. Like, what are you doing? And then in the third, it was 10 to 11. Actually, Detroit uh, bested Dallas in the third period. But then when it came to overtime, uh, Dallas only shot once and it did go in. So uh, I just had to bring that up because that's something we don't see very often in the NHL. The NHL, even though there's some teams like Detroit, like Ottawa, where we don't really think very highly of them as of you know roster talent, that still isn't a normal thing. Like the league in general is super competitive that seeing stuff like that, crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's really an anomaly and especially like, you know, you, you might think at this point in the year, all right, they're a bad team. They're sending it in. No, it's honestly probably the opposite. These guys are on a bad team. A lot of these guys are kind of older players. They're fighting for new contracts elsewhere while these younger players are fighting to prove that they deserve a spot in the team next year. So if anything, these guys might play a little harder than they did before. You know, like earlier in the season, they were kind of trying to conserve themselves, play at a good pace. Uh, maybe they could stay healthy enough, catch the momentum, and win some games, maybe sneak into the playoffs. 
once you realize that's over, like you got nothing left to lose. You got to show that you're worth your money next year. So it's it's not like you know these are bad teams just sending in sending it in. They're just dominated that game really. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm sure that the Red Wings front office, Stevie Y, he was hoping that this game where Bernie just looked excellent happened before the trade deadline. Maybe they could have traded them and get gotten a little bit extra just from this performance alone, but happens after the trade deadline and he's stuck with Detroit for the rest of the year. But Chase, let's talk about Tampa now. They did get their Stanley Cup champion reigns. This was on Thursday night and oh boy, they're beautiful. Yeah, they're they're pretty awesome. So in total, 557 diamonds and 81 blue sapphires. Uh, it, the ring looks awesome. If you haven't seen it yet on social media, uh, you know we'll be sure to retweet it. It 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 just it looks so good. It, it I love the way the blue looks on the ring. It, you know, it just it, no no extravagant colors, just Tampa Bay colors, pretty much. You know, we got blue and white and silver on there. It, it looks super good. Um, I would love to get one myself. And if you would love to get one yourself, there's a version that's gonna be available to fans coming up. Uh, I believe they're available for pre-order um, for uh, through Justin's. I don't know um, when. I, I think that might have been yesterday, honestly, that they went available for pre-order. Um, so you can still go on Justin's, see if there's still some available. I'm not sure. But, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Justin's is like, they, they're they like a monopoly, aren't they? Like, I thought monopolies weren't allowed in the United States, but it seems like whenever there's championship reigns, it's Jostens. We even had Jostens come to our high school for class reigns. Like, is there any other ring company? I mean, we probably wouldn't know because <laughs> we don't really buy reigns, but yeah. still. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. And, like, I mean, there definitely is some, but, I mean, they, they kind of are a monopoly, and... You know, they're not, they're not supposed to be monopolies in North America or in the U.S. Really, or, I mean, really anywhere in a first, like, world country. But, I mean, look at Amazon, for example. Like, when it comes down to it, they kind of do have a monopoly on online ordering. Pretty much everything you order online comes from Amazon. They're, you know, they're getting into the pharmaceutical business now. They're trying to become their one-stop shop for everything. And that, you know, is them trying to become a monopoly. So, whether it's legal or not, it, it's happened. It happens. Yeah, absolutely. And a little bit more details on the rain. 25 carats of gemstones, diamonds, and uh, sapphires. That's insane. A 25-carat rain. Uh, there's one black diamond, uh, and that's going to represent the puck. Then you have a tribute to the most amazing fans in the world, the distant thunder on the side of the rain. You have overtime minutes played during the playoffs. You have the series breakdown. You've got obviously 4-1 over Columbus, 4-1 over Boston, 4-2 over the Islanders, and 4-2 over Dallas. You got gravy train on the bottom of the rain, the team's locker room victory song. There's so much that goes into this rain. And like Chase said, we'll make sure to retweet it. If you want one of your own, though, uh, they are available. So that would be I, I, it's a little bit out of my budget. But, hey, if, if yeah. you want one, get one because they're sweet. A hundred percent. All right, Chase. Well, let's move on to Thursday's game against Columbus. Uh, we have another game against Columbus tonight. Uh, however, we are recording before because, again, uh, my fault. I am a little bit busy, as you guys heard a little bit earlier on. But uh, the game on Thursday went really well, and I was very happy, um, somewhat surprised, but very happy with McElhinney's performance. Yeah, I mean, you love to see it. I mean, he's, he's obviously someone that – we need to play here and there, and if, if he can, you know, ha- have a nice performance, then there we go. Uh, obviously, he goes in against a weaker Columbus team. 
but I mean, he did the job that he had to do, making 24 saves on a total of 25 shots. Not too shabby, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And this is where the depth needed to step up. Obviously, no stamp goes. We haven't had Kucherov all year. Uh, the depth really needed to prove themselves because Hedman's struggling as well. You got to get something going if you want to take home the victories. That's exactly what happened. Curtis McElhinney comes in net and is just a brick wall. The only goal he lets up is on the power play. And then when you look at our goal scorers, you got Blake Coleman with two, Andre Pilat with one, with Kalorn and Gord uh, on the stat sheet uh, on the assist column. So a lot of good depth pieces stepped up in this game, and that was the reason we were able to take this one. Yeah, Coleman had a nice game, as you mentioned, with two goals, and, and he, he looked pretty good. But there's a guy I really want to mention here. Uh, he has not gotten on, on the score sheet in this game or really in the last couple of games, but he's been getting a lot more ice time. That's Alex Barbouet. Uh, you know, he, he's been seeing some, you know, more time in the top six uh, with the top line. He, he's been playing some more crucial minutes. He played 19.06 in that game. And, you know, that, that's, that's awesome to see. It's someone that, you know, we talked about it earlier in, in the season. We did a kind of uh, protected list, like, uh, shoot, I don't remember who the hell did the um, mock expansion draft in, in the network, but someone did, and they asked for um, us to protect the team, and we had Barbalay on that team, and you know maybe it was a little, little iffy because he didn't have much NHL experience. I mean, none at all really. But he, he's coming in and he's playing good, even if he's not scoring. You know, the scoring's bound to come. He's got a lot of talent, and you know this this could be a, a dude who we're gonna have to make a tough decision on in the off season. Yeah, and it's the perfect time to do it for John Cooper leading up to the playoffs. We're basically a lock to be there. And with Stamkos out, you need some depth guys to step up. So why not give the young kid a lot more ice time, see what he can do. If he flourishes, then we can play him big minutes in the playoffs as well. So perfect timing for John Cooper. And that's what makes great teams uh, excellent teams. They're able to take a bad situation with a big injury like Stamkos and turn it for the better by giving a young talent like Barry Boulay extra minutes to see if he can step up for big minutes in the playoffs. But Chase, we've got a upcoming series against, not a series, an upcoming game against Chicago. And I think right now we're 6-0-1 against Chicago on the season. So this really shouldn't be too much of an ask when we're looking for a win. No, it, it should be right. I mean, Chicago, they obviously kind of had this crazy, tremendous run to start of the year. And wow, they dropped off. They've been struggling, you know, pretty mightily. Uh, you know, Kevin Lankinen is not playing as well. He's still playing well, not playing as well as he was, you know, where he was kind of carrying the team and the scoring isn't quite there. So this really shouldn't be a game with much issue. I mean, Tampa should be able to come in, kind of run through, you know, get their money's worth, score a couple goals, get a win, move on. Absolutely. And Chase, I'm looking at standings because I just wanted to see a little extra stuff. And Columbus is below Detroit right now. I did not know that. Columbus is falling hard and Detroit's actually playing really well. And, you know, to kind of mention both those teams like Detroit, they've squeezed out quite a few wins, you know, like playing Dallas. And they just won a bunch of games since Dallas kind of pushing them further out of playoff contention. And then uh, Columbus, like it's been really, really bad. I think Tordorell is getting the axe after the years, how bad it's been. It's, it's fallen apart pretty hard. Yeah. They're one, eight and one in their last 10. The only teams that are in a similar boat, San Jose, one, eight and one at New Jersey, one and nine with a nine game losing streak. I think they're trying to match Buffalo. Yeah, seriously. And, and Buffalo, they're squeezing out a few more wins here and there. I mean, I mean, get on them. You don't want to see them be completely terrible. I mean, with like, they've, 
got an extra game over New Jersey, but they're only a point behind them. So who knows? Maybe Buffalo doesn't finish last in the league. Yeah, that would be crazy. But uh, and and honestly, I I feel like the uh, race for the first overall pick is more hotly contended than the like actual playoff positions because oh yeah well except for Nashville and Dallas they're pretty close there um Arizona and St. Louis but then you get to like Boston and the Rangers that's not very close um Montreal and Calgary is it's okay but Calgary they haven't been great recently either so um yeah, a lot of cool stuff to look at with the standings when you haven't looked in a, in a hot second and Columbus being the most surprising of those. But, Chase, we're going to go to a quick commercial break on the other side of the commercial break. Going to be talking about the U18 World Junior Championships. HF Boards is the Internet's largest and longest running community for discussion surrounding ice hockey, including coverage of the NHL, college teams and anywhere else the sport is played globally. Join in nearly half a million active conversations happening now on HF Boards. All right, and we are back. Chase going to be talking about the men's U18 World Junior Championship, and we love World Juniors. Uh, doesn't matter if it's U20, U18, whatever it is, we love it. However, U20 does get the main spotlight as it is, uh, you know, near Christmas and New Year's, and everyone's got that time off. Well, most of the time, um, at least, you know, we're kind of students, so we always had it off. But uh, yeah, that gets the main spotlight. But U18 has a lot of, lot of, lot of talented names coming in this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of kids that you can look at, you know, just draft eligibles, a couple guys down, down the road. You know, there's a lot of names I can really talk about. There's a few that are going to resonate more uh, with some people listening. So, you know, I kind of want to mention those guys. Um, you know, first, um, a couple a couple guys, you know, for me to watch and for fans to watch, if anybody is watching, you know, you can see games on Hockey TV. There should be some games on NHL Network. If you're in Canada, you can find it on TSN. Uh, I don't know about anywhere else, but if you find anywhere else, I'm going to share with us and we can share with everyone else, too. Uh, but, you know, Shane Wright, Connor Bedard, you know, two Canada kids not eligible this year. Shane Wright is going to be the top pick next year. Connor Bedard is in contention for the top pick in 2023. Uh, you know, Bedard, he's already has two goals or he has a goal and then a shootout goal just in their first uh, pre-tournament game. And, you know, he, he looked really good. Shane Wright, I kind of saw a video today. He took a couple big hits again, a little abused, but, you know, he's a strong kid. He's holding in. Uh, you know, these two are going to play a very big role. And Shane Wright, as a 17-year-old, not, you know, like not even uh, an 18-year-old, so he's he's a year younger than like, the age group is supposed to be. He's the captain of this team, so it really says something. Uh, then you go over to Russia, you got Matthew Mishkov. He's going to be fighting Connor Bedard for that first overall pick in 2023. Uh, you know, I look super forward to being able to see him because you don't get to see him too much. And then uh, the last non-this-year draft eligible guy that I want guys to watch, uh, Rucker McGrody. We kind of briefly talked about him a couple days ago for when we did the USA 18 team for hockey name of the day, uh, this kid is really good. He's in my opinion, he's right now my number four player in the draft next year. Uh, obviously that, that can change. Uh, I think he's going to have a huge year with the U S team next year and we'll see what he does. Yeah. And if you didn't listen, if you didn't happen to listen to, uh, our episode where we picked, uh, U 23 under 23 year old NHL players to build our franchise around, um, you wouldn't have heard that Chase asked if he could pick players that weren't already in the NHL or NHL affiliated. The reason he did that was because he would have put he would have taken Shane Wright first overall, which 
taking Shane Wright first overall over guys who are already in the NHL, already experienced like Andrei Svechnikov, that's uh, that's big praise. Yeah, I'm someone – I trust my own opinion very heavily. I, I think I have a good eye for talent, and I've seen Shane Wright play in person probably four or five times older now. I've seen a lot of his film. I've seen you know a lot of him on tape. A lot, you know, his highlights him playing with Canada, playing internationally, and every single time, it's it's not even a debate. He's the best player on the ice. I watched this kid play as a 15 year old in the OHL, and I legitimately thought he was the best player in the OHL that season. And you know, the numbers, he didn't necessarily lead in points, but he was, uh, you know, he was on pace to set records for, um, like for a what's it called for an exceptional status player point wise uh, in a season. But obviously, COVID ended up shutting it down, so he couldn't do that. But he seriously looked like the best player in the league. I mean, he was just a 15-year-old who was impossible to stop. It, it was it was insanity. Chase, I want you to do this before we hop into players that are uh, going to be draft eligible this year. I want you to rank Shane Wright with the past decade of Canadian superstar forwards that were seen as exceptional players. So McKinnon, McDavid, Lafreniere. Am I forgetting anyone? Um, if you want to talk about him as like coming into the NHL prospects, or do you want to talk about like Joe Valano? Yeah, he was a, uh, okay. So I mean, like I mean, really, those are the guys. And regardless, it didn't matter who else he would say because the only person he's behind is Connor McDavid, and he's closer to Connor McDavid than he is to whoever number three would be. Damn. That's that is that is definitely some high praise. I mean, we see Nathan McKinnon. He's tearing up the league. He's one of the better players in the league right now. And, you know, he was talked about being the next Crosby because he grew up in the same little area. Uh, Connor McDavid, we obviously know about. He's been phenomenal. And Alexi Lafreniere, we just haven't seen enough of. So uh, if he's being ranked that highly in your eyes, then he should be a pretty good player coming out next year. Yeah, he he's going to be fun. Whatever team gets the first overall pick, they are like – they're going to put on on a brave face, you know, when, when they do the lottery show. I'm, I'm sure you're going to see a couple of smiles that they can't hide. Um, but like they, they're going to go home and they're going to legitimately throw like a, a rager celebration. And then, Chase, you talked about Bedard and Mishkov. Um, I know over the past couple of months we've known about these guys and you've kind of flip flopped right now. Do you have one over the other? <sighs> Dude, it's it's so hard. It's. It's still a little far out, so I, I really want more time to see how these kids develop. You know, from 15 to 18 is a really crucial development age, especially for hockey players. So I kind of want to see how they continue to grow. Um, they're, they're, they're super close. It, it, it's insanity. I mean, it, 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 I, I've never I don't think I've ever really been this conflicted on hockey prospects. And it's not like, you know, like this year, for example, in, in the 2021 class, uh, there's some talented players. But, you know, there's some some confliction because. It's not, you know, a super necessarily like highly touted group, but Connor Bedard and Matthew Mishkov, if they were in, you know, like other drafts, maybe not the 2022 draft, maybe not the 2015 draft, or maybe even not 2016, if you want to go Matthews as that kind of guy. But if they were about any other draft, I mean, they would each be the first overall pick, no problem at all. So either one of these guys, whichever one you get, if you're, if you're a fan of whatever team that gets them, you're going to be so happy. And for people that are a little unaware, what are these guys, what do these guys, I, I guess, comps scream to you? Because isn't Mishkov kind of like a little bit of a Pavel Bure? Yeah, I, I'd say that's fair. He's not necessarily the high level speed of Pavel Bure. I don't think anybody is. Um, just watching Pavel Bure play, I think he was the fat, the fastest end games uh, player in NHL history. Maybe you could say McDavid's that kind of guy too, because McDavid is pretty close. Um but, you know, Mishkov, you know, that's a safe comp. He's a super speedy dude. He's a little bit smaller, 
but he just knows how to score. I mean, he played, he played in the top junior league in Russia as he spent half the year as a 15 year old, half the year as a 16 year old, and he had 35 goals for 52 games. I'd say that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And then Bedard, what are your thoughts on him? He's a scorer too. Yeah, uh, honestly, this is a this is a hard comp for me. Like I I, I watch Connor Bedard play, and you know he he's a center. He's a guy who's easily uh, suited to be a center. Um, but guys that score this purely aren't usually centers, so it's it's kind of a, a hard comp to make. You don't want to say Mario Lemieux because obviously they're completely different players, and you hate comparing God to Mario Lemieux because he was a top three player all time. Uh, but like you know, center goal scorers that just have this much pure goal scoring ability, this much just pure, just you know, finesse technical ability, you don't find many of them. So I I really struggle with a comp for him. Okay, that makes sense. Let's just for right now, let's just say a way better Jeff Carter or something like that. Yeah. Um, there you go. Because <laughs> yeah, we don't want to put the Mario Lemieux on him. That could be yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. That could hurt them. But uh, yeah, so Chase, let's talk about guys who uh, could improve their stock for this upcoming draft. Yeah, so I got a, I got a couple of names here. Uh, one of them is a guy that I previously mentioned being my number one player in the class, uh, Brent Clark. He's got a real opportunity to go, uh, you know, with Canada, play some big minutes and really show why he might be worth that first overall pick. Next, uh, Simone Edvinson. He is probably the top European prospect in the draft class. Um, you know, it'd be a safe bet to put it that way. He is someone who also could fight for that first overall pick. Uh, here's the, Before I move on to my final pick, too, I got three names in this list. Um, this year, the first overall pick, this honestly could be the first time in however the hell many years it's been where we don't see the first overall pick playing the NHL. I I just, like, there's a couple guys who I think can be NHL ready, but there's other guys who have higher ceilings that might not necessarily be NHL ready. You know, a guy like Edmondson, for example, I think he's got, you know, a, a pretty good ceiling. He can be a really good defenseman in this league but I would not play him in the NHL next year. I would either leave him in Sweden, let him get big minutes over there, give him big minutes in the American League. Um, you know, a guy like Brant Clark, I might send him back to the OHL too. Um, but, you know, you can look at a guy like Owen Power. I think he's NHL ready. Matt Beaners, he might be NHL ready as well. Um, so it, this is a kind of strange class. And, you know, th- these guys, they can make a case for the first overall pick. But if a team doesn't think they're NHL ready, they probably won't take him. One sec. Let me interrupt you real quick. Um, how does this draft class in your eyes compare to the 2017 draft? So that was obviously the one headlined by Heeshier, Patrick, Heiskanen. Um, that draft class wasn't seen as a great draft class. Do you think this one is worse uh, or maybe it's just it's kind of a deeper class, but none of them are ready to start yet. But there's more uh, elite potential deeper into the draft. What are your overall thoughts when comparing this 2021 draft class to the 2017 draft class? So when you look at the 2017 class's prospects, as you kind of mentioned, they were pretty underwhelming. It has turned out to be actually a pretty good class so far. You know, we're only four years removed from it, but there's been a lot of superstars already in the league. You know, guys like Miro Heiskin and Elias Pettersson. Nico Hishier has been playing great, too. So there, there's a lot of talent that actually came out of that draft, but as prospects, it looked pretty underwhelming. I would probably say this class is equal, if not less, in terms of prospects. Um, you know, there's a lot of good players still. There might be, uh, you know, a few deeper options. Like once you get into the first round, I think honestly, picks like somewhere in like like pick twelve, pretty much down to fifty. All those guys are in kind of the same tier, and they're all still very, very good NHL prospects. All guys I can see going first round, no problem. Second round, no problem. Guys that could be in the NHL in a year or two, no issue at all. I just question how many of these guys have, you know, like legit number one center, number one winger, number one defenseman kind of traits, you know? Gotcha. 
All right. Well, that makes sense. Let's move on to Fabian Lysel. Yeah. So he's the final one. Uh, Fabian Lysel, he gets like no love. I, I don't understand. I, I follow a, a a lot of, uh, you know, prospect Twitter accounts. I've talked about it before. And, you know, in that community, he, he's getting love. But in terms of like the professional community, uh, he's really not getting that love. And I really don't understand why. Um, he's got ridiculous talent. He's going to be a just a really good offensive threat in the NHL. He should end up being a top 10 pick in this draft, and he's probably a year out, maybe two if you want to play on the safe side from playing in the NHL. But I think he's going to play in this U18 tournament and just dominate for Sweden. Yeah, and I know like two years ago, it was obviously Atu Rati at the top. We've talked about him multiple times, uh, but Fabian Lysel was up there with him. And this is a guy who hasn't seen the monstrous drop that Atu Rati saw. So... Uh, it's, it's kind of strange that his name has kind of been left out of the conversation, but with a lot of younger or newer guys coming into, not younger, obviously same draft class, but a lot of newer names coming into the picture, he's kind of been forgotten about. Yeah, it really is like just strange. You know, it, 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 it happens sometimes there's guys who are talented that end up falling for whatever reason. Um, you know, sometimes just, yeah, new names, as you mentioned, kind of come on the scene and they get a little more hype. That kind of could be the case. Uh, if Lysel drops out of the top 10, some team's getting a really nice value. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chase, before we move on to hockey name of the day, I want to know who is your favorite to win the U18 Men's World Junior Championship? And uh, l- let me know maybe a, a reason or two or, or a player or two why this team will win it. So r- real quick, I'll, I'll go over Group A and Group B so you kind of know who's in it. Group A, alphabetical order, uh, Belarus, Canada, Latvia, Sweden, Switzerland. Group B, Czech Republic, Finland, Germany, Russia, U.S. My, my very clear favorite, and uh, at least my opinion, you know, someone might differ, but I, I think it, this would be pretty consensus. It's going to be Canada. Canada does really well at this age group. Uh, they, they have for a long time. You know, they've got so many kids <laughs> at this age. Obviously, none of them can play in the NHL, so they've got a lot of talent. Whereas you get to the U20s, they have some kids that should be on the U20 teams that are in the NHL, so they might not necessarily have as much success at the U20s. Uh, but th- this Canadian team is fantastic. Shane Wright's the captain, as I mentioned. He probably will win MVP of the tournament. I I, I would say that it's a safe bet. Uh, but you know, he's not the only one. Obviously, Connor Bedard, as I mentioned. Dylan Gunther, Mason McTavish, Brendan Offman, Francisco Pinelli, uh, Danny Jilkin. You know, these are all guys that I really like in this upcoming draft. Uh, then, you know, you look back in the defensive end. Uh, there's some un- names that are kind of underwhelming. Obviously, Brent Clark. Ethan Del Mastro is probably the next best defenseman in the OHL. Um, Denton, uh, Matty Chuck, excuse me. He, he, he's someone who's should, you know, get a lot of love. He's, he's a dub kid and he's an 04 birthday. Uh, someone that you really want to keep your eye on. And then in net, uh, I would assume Benjamin Gaudreau is going to get the majority of the playing time. And this dude's a really good goaltender. So this Canadian team, I mean, they've got kind of everything you need. Yeah, and it's hard not to think them the favorites when we had seven players to watch and three of them. We're Canadians alone, so yeah. uh, definitely going to be a good team. And I'm excited for the games with Russia because I want to see how Mishkov compares to the others. So it's going to be a fun tournament to watch. Um, Sweden, they've got their players too. We talked about two of them in Lysel and Edvinson, but overall it should be a really fun tournament and one of the more exciting U18 tournaments we've seen in a while because of how many good franchise-changing players are coming in the next you know year or two after this draft. Yeah, there is so much talent in this U18 group. It, it's going to be really fun. It's kind of a shame, though, because honestly, the, the, the U.S., especially for 
uh, you know, the, the 03 birth year in this, it's it's pretty underwhelming, to be honest with you. So it it's kind of sucks you know, on the U.S. behalf, but they've got some 04 kids that are, you know, worth looking for. And they still have good kids in the 03, so don't get me wrong. But like Luke Hughes isn't playing because he, he's injured. So that's a big blow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chase, we'll move on to hockey name of the day now. Uh, we got a little alliteration, which I love. Right. Is that is that the right term? Yeah. OK, I didn't. Sorry, too much, uh, too much management 325 on my head. Uh, a little alliteration with a, with a double A. We got Attila Adorjan. Uh, wait, no. Adorjan. Adorjan. Attila Adorjan. Ador. There's no I or Y, so why is, no. Uh, I don't accept. Well, too bad. You, you accept anyway, but Attila Adorjan is a, uh, Romanian-born goalie. Uh, he represents Hungary. He's played for both Romania and Hungary in uh, international play. He's currently playing in the Slovakian League uh, for a Hungarian team. He also played a little bit in the second-level Finnish League this year, too. But, you know, he, he's decent. Three, uh, 327 and a 9.05 save in the Slovakian League this year. Uh, you know, n- nothing special. Shorter dude at 5'11", 181. He's not really going anywhere. Uh, he's about at the level he's going to play at. Is he related to Theo? Legendary Romanian goaltender in NHL 14? I, I don't think so, no. Oh, unfortunate. <laughs> Is he right-handed like Theo? No. Damn. Well, <laughs> anyways, uh, it's a decent name. Unfortunately, they got the pronunciation wrong yeah, because there's wrong. a J, not an I or a Y. Um, but, you know, that's completely fine. Chase, we'll end the show here. If you could, let everyone know how to stay up to date with us and we'll get out of here. All right, so and thank you guys for listening as always. If you'd like to become a patron on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. Not required, but, you know, it's just another way to show us and the whole network support. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, that is at Bolts Broadcast. Follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. And follow WNP on Twitter, too, at WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. At Bolts Broadcast, you're going to, you know, get our Tampa Lightning talk. At the Hockey Podcast Network, you're going to get news from, uh, you know, around the network about giveaways. Uh, you know, the, the recent giveaway that just happened, we did not win, unfortunately, uh, but we appreciate you guys for participating and, you know, let's try to win the next one. Uh, and then in WMP, if you want to get mostly our football talk, we might do some other stuff here coming up in the off season uh, for football. But, you know, right now it's football talk. We just released a mock draft. Go check that out. Uh, if you want to go to the hockey podcast network.com, find all the podcasts with the network right there. Boom. Click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever listening, rate us five stars. Send us your questions, comments, concerns, and use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.